Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. <laughs> uh, we have a very special episode of Beachside Nerds. Today, uh, we'll be having an interview with the guys, the lads, the ladies of uh, Aloe Comics. And um, I mean, we've had conversation offline uh, for some times now, but in the interest of updating our listeners, uh, how about you take the floor and uh, you guys introduce yourselves? All right. Um, sure. I'll, I'll start off. Hi, my name is Mark, uh, Mark Gibson. I am the founder and uh, more recently publisher at All the Comics. Um, I am also a comic book uh, creator, writer. I can't draw stick men. I keep saying that um, over and over. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm more the guy who creates, who comes up with ideas, who conceptualizes stuff, uh, who scripts stuff, and uh, again, adding to that kind of skill set, uh, lettering as well. Um, and for this conversation, uh, aside from being, you know, the the guy in charge at all the comics. I'm also the writer, creator, and letterer on uh, Char Against Manti number one and Tangled Web number one as well, which are two titles that will be part of the uh, first wave of publishing uh, for us at all the comics. All right. And I see you have some guests with you. Um, you can go first. NJ Claus Art. I'm guessing that's. Your Instagram is Jsaku Draws. You can right, your turn, Natalie. <laughs> Hi, uh, my name is Natalie. I am a painter slash artist and illustrator. Currently illustrate um, Char Against Humanity. Yeah, aspiring comic creator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And Kishan. Yes. My name is Kishan. Um, I'm a writer and artist. I guess I story and art and lettering and everything concept for um, my comic book, um, Sin Squad, which is a sci-fi superhero story set in a uh, quasi-Caribbean-inspired um, futuristic city. So, hoping that those who get to read it will enjoy the story and see the Caribbean representation. Alright, yeah. sounds good. Alright, so... um. Nice to meet you guys. Uh, Claus, I, I didn't quite get your, your name. Oh, Natalie. Natalie. Natalie and Kishon. And of course, Mark. All right. So um, let's just jump into it. Aloe Comics. Where, where did that name come from? Uh, all what, what, does, what do we mean by that? All of us. Yeah, yeah, Remy. Yeah, yeah you're, you're spot on. Um, that that is literally where the name comes from. Uh, all of we, uh, it is uh, Caribbean vernacular of uh, all of us, which I guess would be proper standard English. Uh, so all of us goes into all of we, um, and then um, just you know the that phrase just smushed together as a word. That is it. Um, and the idea behind the name was. Uh, Unity um, was, you know, having having comics and comic creators from across the Caribbean uh, region, across the Caribbean diaspora, um, 
and we're all creating comics uh, brought together by uh, a love and appreciation and a passion for the comic book medium. That's the idea behind him. And what what was it that inspired you guys to um, to start this comic book company? And where are you guys based, by the way? Uh, so, uh, All of We Comics is... Uh, we operate from Barbados. That would be the... Well, yeah. It, it's more of a, a, like a decentralized um, uh, venture. Um, we don't have like a, a physical headquarters. Uh, still early days yet. Um, but uh, we, we have creators... I'm from Barbados, myself. Um, uh, Nahli as well. And I can tell you more about who she is and, and that kind of stuff and where she's from. Uh, Keshawn's from Trinidad. Uh, and for this first wave of publishing, we have essentially all the books, um, six titles in all. They're from creators who are from Barbados as well as Trinidad and Tobago. Okay. So when we spoke, you mentioned that you guys would be doing it. Uh, what Walk us to that. Is this your, your first project? Being, you know, being launched on Kickstarter and, you know, what was that like? Oh, um, so the Kickstarter campaign, uh, that is going to be launching uh, next week, actually, uh, Tuesday, the 25th of, of July. Um, for those listeners who are listening in the future, hopefully not too far in the future, but yeah. Um, so this will be our first Kickstarter um, campaign, but it's not our first crowdfunding campaign. Uh, all of the comics, we would have run a, a crowdfunding campaign, a successful campaign last year. So on the tail end of COVID, last year, March, we ran it on, on Indiegogo for um, Nigel Lynch's the, the Diary of the Stray Dogs Wounded, which is a, a cyberpunk-style um, kind of like revenge origin story. Um, for a new a new IP um, that that Nigel uh, kicked off, so that was fun and interesting. Uh, but this is our first time on Kickstarter proper, but our first campaign. Sounds okay. good. Sounds good. I have I have a question, of course. So, um, Natalie, what? Let's kind of start with like some getting into individuals here, some profiles. What? I'll start with you and then go on to Kishan after. What type of comics do you create? What's your, like, your favorite genres? This is the Beachside Nerds. So, you know, we talk mm. about our favorite comic books, our favorite animes and stuff like that. So what inspires you? What's your uh, style? What do you like? Uh, I like travel, fantasy, magic kind of comics and, and manga. I'm more of a, a anime slash manga nerd. I didn't grow up too, too much with comics, even though I've been um, recently introduced <laughs> by my boyfriend to the DC uh, comic universe, and that's been interesting. Um, but this would be my first real like foray into comic book creation. I'm an illustrator and painter mostly by trade, um, and I've dabbled in creating like some short stories and stuff for myself, but I haven't created any longer form stories by myself. So this has been like a really interesting experiment to really challenge my skills and see how how well I could like put together a story visually. And working with Mark has been really fun. So it's been a good experience so far. All right. Sounds very good. Um, I'll come back to you in a second. Kishan, what, what, same questions. Oh, 
Well, I suppose I would say that my um, genre, my favorite genre is, well, sci-fi. Um, <clears throat> I also like um, superhero stuff, the typical Marvel DC of Spider-Man and Batman, Superman, all those fun guys. Um, also, I also didn't really have much access to actual comic books growing up. Like, I also was aware that those comic book stories were out there. You could find the books, but that was difficult to do in Trinidad when I was growing up. It's a bit easier now, and even now it's 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 a struggle if you want to get an entire run of a story. It's better to just get it online. But uh, yeah, so growing up, didn't really have much access to the comics themselves, but I was able to watch shows based on the comics on TV. So, like the Spider-Man series and the X-Men series and Superman and Batman series that eventually coalesced into the Justice League series. Those were very, in, in my opinion, I think they all hold up as pinnacle feats of storytelling overall. Like, you can put them up with, you can put them next to live action shows of the same genre and they come out on top. Uh, in terms of just pure storytelling. So, <clears throat> that's, those are the type of stories that I love. In addition to that, like I said, I'm into sci-fi. I watch a lot of sci-fi shows. Uh, Star, Star Trek, Star Wars, of course. Stargate, loved Stargate. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Stargate was great. And, you know, I guess a lot of that influenced a lot of the um, types of stories that I try to create. Um, Synth Squad is probably the only comic I've been working on seriously recently. But um, I have done some short stories, just just prose, just written, um, with some sci-fi elements and the like. So I guess that's yeah, I guess that's a good profile on where my inspiration and stuff comes from. Very good. Sounds like you definitely know your stuff. So I'll just jump back over to Natalie really quick. What's your um, project called? And you know, this art style. Give us like a little rundown on the art style and like what you're trying to, you know, portray, what you're trying to accomplish with this story. Oh, so I'm currently working on the Char Against Humanity Volume 1, Issue 1, um, in conjunction with Mark. Um, my art style, I would, I would say it's a, a blend of things. Um, as I said, I, I, come a bit more from the anime manga side so my drawings can be a bit cartoonish but I like to include some realism and some detail in there especially when you're drawing um, black characters you know to add that extra detail and pizzazz with the noses and the mouths and I try to make like a blend of fun fun but still cartoony and detailed it's a, a weird thing and my style can range uh, quite broadly yeah so your your story is a is what it's like a fantasy it's a horror it's comedy oh <laughs> it's a uh, more it's that sci-fi yeah it's it's, it's sci-fi um i think we'd use the term comedy kind of loosely uh it's so for me i i want to tell a story that was different from what I would have uh, worked on or written before. Um, so my first graphic novel, um, Bridgeland, was uh, a drama, um, a crime drama. 
and I I'm, I'm a big fan of like sci-fi. Um, pretty sure like Keshawn and I would have would, would pretty much enjoy a lot of these same shows. So big fan of sci-fi, like a lot of superhero stuff. Uh, but I've never done a, a comic or a graphic novel in that space before now, and I wanted something that wasn't quite as grounded as what I would have done before. So that those are the kind of ideas that we aim to to share against humanity, and yeah, it's it's aiming towards the re- ridiculous side of of, of comedy, um, and you know um, the the rest of the the team. Uh, Cameron Lane, he is on colors. He's also one of the co-creators, uh, as well as Charlene Roach. Uh, she's literally um, there to to bring the the funny. You know, to, to, to help uh, draw out the kind of like ridiculous stuff. And for Char, uh, so basically with Char, Char the character, um, she starts out as an AI. Uh, and we we started this story way before, um, you know, ChatGPT came out. So it's kind of <laughs> weird at this point. Um, we started this story in the early days of COVID, um, I think that was what, March 2020. Um, and you know, we were in lockdown. Um, Barbados was in lockdown, we had no idea, you know, what was gonna happen next. And uh, I've been kind of like pushing, um, I'm in an a online group, and I've been pushing people in the group to like create stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, hey, this is a group full of very talented people with different skills, and you know, we all, you know, like comments and that kind of stuff, so let's make something. Um, so Cameron and and Charlene, uh, there were there were two from that group to kind of like say, all right, you know, like let's do it, let's let's do something. Um, so we, we started with that, and the story of Char, she's an AI, um, kind of developed, kind of like kind of like a child in terms of, of, of having potential, but um, the person who is gonna put in the bill for development pushed um, or nurtured Char, if you want to use that word. Into being like a command and control um, system for for military um, in this tiny fictional um, Eastern European uh, uh, nation. Um, and again, this is before the the whole um, Ukraine war as well. So the world, the real world is being quite quite weird. Anyhow, so um, so starts off as, as AI um, does something very very bad, um, sure and ends up essentially being put on on probation and the terms of her probation included her included Char actually having to get a body and whenever I say this um, Cam- Cameron isn't here to throw her the bus this time so I'll just say it um, she her creator um, Dr. Brigadon puts together a body for her um, using a, a, recon- a refurbished sex doll yeah <laughs> <laughs> And um, and yes, and the story basically goes from there. So the the story of Char against humanity is this AI turned android who has to come to grips with her own humanity, who has to come to grips with being around people, um, especially when people can be very very irritating. And going from you know having advanced like military solutions um, at her virtual fingertips to to not. You know, so you know, there there's kind of like a running joke um, throughout this this first issue that she keeps encountering people who are 
visibly annoying and trying not to give in to like you know the the trying not to to engage in military solutions to to regular people um and and stuff like that but but this first issue it, it kind of sets up the rest of the series which is supposed to be a a, a three issue series um and it kind of like explores like ai um in in this world so imagine you're in a world and suddenly an actual android like that would 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 on like a, a human level android you know um so this this other character gonna be introducing in the series he is think like um elon musk mixed with jeff bezos mixed with lex luther type person um and he's seeing the pure consumer potential of of char and he's looking to acquire char um there is there are of course aliens because you know sci-fi so there's this um the, the term that nahi um used was otaku so <laughs> this, this cat this this anthropomorphic cat from another world comes to our, our world in a giant mech but his entire attitude is he's a he's an otaku he is his people have been like studying like earth transmissions and stuff for decades and suddenly he's like <laughs> man in japan oh lord <laughs> he, he 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 goes nuts he like no think 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 lady the heart the hardest hardcore anime fan you can picture is this character but he's a cat like actually cat size um main cat size which is like a pretty big cat breed but he, he's a cat and he's going nuts at human culture so there's a lot of all right humor and the ridiculousness comes from from this character cam uh, and you know stuff like that that the, the the so they're like aliens there's you know corporate ninja spies and and all kinds of other like ridiculousness thrown in sounds very interesting but my 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 interest uh my curiosity more or less uh as because as a business person and a geek as well what you guys are doing i find to be pretty intriguing now i've i've seen instances where persons have tried before with varying measures of success uh, but by and large very few persons have been able to pull it off so i'm intrigued in what you guys are doing in alui comics where we have a Caribbean based, uh, created and run comic books company that is producing, publishing and distributing the uh, comics. Do I have yep. that right? Yep. Correct. Okay. So I have, I have a lot of questions. Um, first and foremost, how, how did you guys meet and was it difficult acquiring talent to produce this book? Well, you're you're asking all the all the big questions. Um, <laughs> all right, so all the comics we're we're taking a, a creator owned approach to to content, uh, like image comics. Yeah, yeah, like way way rip any wheel. It, it's it's really a lot more effective to kind of like apply the wheel to your to your circumstance. Um, so image comics has been has been you know doing their thing for at least a couple decades and yep. if you if you have like 
dive into the history of of image image in the early days was kind of like really close to, to failure right um because there was a bunch of creatives who were very good at being creatives but less good at the at the business side of thing so um tom mcfarland jim lee um rob leifeld uh and a bunch of others like can't, they left dc left marvel and wanted to do their own thing um but you know they had to get a lot of help in, in and, and figure out how do we make how do we turn this thing that we, we are good at and we, we are passionate about into actual business um so for us it, it's kind of like learning uh learning what works for people but instead of trying to apply it wholesale figure out what can work for us here in the caribbean uh so we started and how how did you guys meet i mean were, were you all friends did you all know each other already or did you go out talent hunting scouting putting ads out that sort of stuff you make it sound very very formal and complicated but it, it was it was literally <laughs> internet um Keshon, i met Keshon. What was the question? 2018? 2019? Yeah, I believe it was, I believe it was 2018. <clears throat> yeah, um, went down to, uh, and this is, this is, yeah, 2018 would have been pretty much year one for, for All the Comics. Uh, went down to, so at that point, so where All the Comics started, uh, was with a mobile platform, with the idea of putting, like, mobile devices, phones and tablets, and comic books together. You know, smooch those together and and make it work. So we started with with uh, an app on Android. Um, so when I would have met Keshawn at in Trinidad, that would have been within within a couple of months of, of when we launched our beta. Was it 2018 or was that the year? No, that was the year before actually. Yeah, that was the year. If it was 2018, it would have been the year before we launched our beta. So we were still in in like alpha stage development um at that point we had uh, a concept um and we had an idea of where we want to go with it and we just i been on trinidad um took some uh copies of, of the, the graphic novel i had at that point bridgeland and just just enjoyed the convention uh went around talking to other creators uh like eshon and realized that the the problem we were trying to, to solve, which is you have a bunch of talented Caribbean people creating comics, but not quite sure how to get their comics in the hands of people, was the same in Barbados, the same in Trinidad, same in Jamaica, that kind of stuff. Uh, so aside from meeting like Keshawn in person, Nahali, I met Nahali through her boyfriend at AnimeCon last year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and aside from that it was it was like meeting like internet um there there are a couple other people um nigel lynch nigel is for me one of the one of the more prolific caribbean creators he's part of a collective uh beyond publishing caribbean and they've been in it for at least a decade yeah at least a decade um, producing comics in the caribbean in the in the yeah and they for their collective they've been they've Put out something new, at least one new title every year, um, which I think is 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 pretty damn impressive. Um, and they've been pretty good with like the quality art style, the stories they're they're telling, that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But aside from that, it, it's literally just reaching out to, to to people. So like, 
Keshon, the the Caribbean, the, the the Trini creators, they have been amazing in terms of of uh, supporting all the comics, um, and pretty much every every Caribbean comic book creator I've spoken to, I want to say something like ninety percent of them. They don't need any like grand explanations about what all the comics is. They're like, wait, so there's an app that I can put my comments on for free, and people who have like, well, at this time, Android who have an Android device can read. Yeah, cool. I mean, how much content do you want? You know. Um, so that's been pretty good. Next question. Um, okay, so you you mentioned the app, and like. The more I hear, the more I listen to you, the more questions keep popping up in my head. So, uh, f- first off, is the app still available? Is it still up and running? Short sure answer: Yes. Uh, the app itself is still is still live on the Google Play Store. Um, the, is it free to use, or, the or app do I got to sell out some cash? Yeah, it's free to download. Yes, free to download. Uh, but it is a a, sub- a paid subscription service. Um, right now we are in a bit of, of flux. Literally, as I'm speaking, we are um, busy redeveloping the app, um, trying to reach <laughs> to coin a, a to borrow a, fr- uh, a phrase, um, its final form, um, or at mm. least the the launch, the proper launch version um, for all the comics, where um, persons outside of of Android would be able to access it. Um, that was always the vision for the full launch version. People on Android, on iOS, um, you know, um, desktops will be able to, to use it. Um, but it is a paid a paid uh, service. Uh, uh, $2.99 uh, $2. US per month um, for, you know, full access, um, read at your own pace uh, type thing. Um, because the the vision for the platform is so that Caribbean creators can make money from their talent from their passion where they live. Um, so yeah. Oh, and in early testing, um, we one of the first questions we asked was, would people prefer to get the content for free, but with ads, or just pay like a, a, a nominal subscription? And overwhelmingly, mm-hmm. the, the response was, yeah, I'd rather pay like five dollars a month than than do that so you know that kind of stuff shit shit the direction things went i think that's that's pretty cool to be honest because um i read a lot of comics myself and i use you know various apps in order to do so um one of which is the webtoons app where they host you know the asian comics the the yep. manhwa and manga and so on uh there's uh the shonen jump app which has a well, what I think is a pretty decent model, but I understand they can run that model because Shonen Jump is a pretty big company, um, not sort of indie like you guys would fit that bracket. And of course, there's the DC and the Marvel apps that has their back catalogs and stuff like that with a subscription fee. Uh, you guys, okay, so being Caribbean individuals how much does caribbean culture and law influence your work and i would ask this question to all of you 
in general, you know, Kishon, Natalie, and, and you, Mark. How much does Caribbean culture influence your work? Well, I would say that <clears throat> I try to let it influence it uh, as much as I reasonably can. Um, most, the vast majority of the characters I've drawn so far, uh, I put in the comic, the vast majority of them are Caribbean. Um, <clears throat> there is one one exception to that is that one of the main characters is Venezuela. But I think that kind of counts. And uh, it's due to some of the, as due to just simply the physical proximity of Trinidad to um, Venezuela. It's very, it's yeah, Caribbean adjacent. <laughs> it's very Caribbean adjacent. Basically, it's a fluke that Trinidad is independent from um, from Venezuela. When you look at it from a um, from a historical part, it's kind of a fluke. Uh, it's also a fluke that we speak English instead of Spanish, like some of the other places. Um, but anyway, um, I try to keep a lot of Caribbean influence um, in the characters. Most of them are Caribbean. I admit, though, that I try to avoid using too much Caribbean dialect conversation because I know I want to read internationally. The world use too much dialect to, you know, push some leaders away if it happened. I mean, I would do it in some places where I think they would fit. And I definitely want to include some um, references to Caribbean history. There's something in specific to Trinidadian history that I would wish to reference in a future issue of the comic. I haven't even gotten to that point in storyboarding, but it's something specific that I'm building up to. And I've already um, laid the seeds for it in chapters that I've issues that I've drawn so far. But uh, yeah, I, I try to keep the Caribbean influence as strong as reasonably possible. I would actually... Um, that, that, this is my own bias seeping through right now. I would actually encourage you to lean more, you know, into that Caribbean aspect in terms of, um, the, the patterns of speech, dialect, you know, lingo and that sort of stuff. Uh, cause that's the sort of things that brings out the authentic, authenticity of our culture. And surprisingly, we tend to be a bit concerned that that would actually turn people off where there are a lot of instances where it's actually pulled people in because they're looking for that authenticity. I can name a few persons like Anthony Winkler. His first book that he did, he did it with a sort of American voice and it didn't feel quite authentic. And then he did his next book, which was noticeably different. And, you know, it had that particular appeal. Um, but again, this is just my bias and, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, no, um, I, I feel you. I understand. I understand it as well. There are other reasons as well why, um, why I might skew more to the standard English <laughs> at most of the times. But, but um, yes, there's definitely there's definitely something to be said for creating a fully authentic flavor in, um, in the story that you want to tell. Uh, okay. Especially trying to represent Caribbean characters. I definitely understand what yes. All right. And what about you, Natalie? Um, if I pick up one of your books, will I be seeing, um, some, some soca, some carnival going on in there or something about, um, sukuya or, or you know, how much does that influence your work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm kind of all over the board in a way in that I, I just have big ideas that run through my head of, um, a story that I'd like to write. 
Um, I did a short, short series of like short stories focused around um, Caribbean folklore a few years ago for October, actually, for Halloween, hoping to convey the typical Caribbean folklore monsters or jumbies um, in a, a short a short story form that people could listen to and kind of understand the spookiness of that of these particular monsters and I really enjoyed that. Um, I don't have, as, I, as I said before, I don't have any longer form stories necessarily, but I would love to create something in the future where I, as I love stories with magic and fantasy and that kind of thing where it's focused around let's say like Caribbean slash African origin and where we derive those folklore creatures and beliefs from and kind of hold mm-hmm. that out into a whole universe which is Caribbean flavored you know but make it a bit more fantastical and appealing to wider audiences kind of like putting Caribbean creatures on the map as fun and grand as vampire stories are nowadays yeah. Yeah, you, you've definitely piqued my interest with that. Um, I'm a huge fan of Caribbean folklore. We have such, you know, such rich history, culture, um, and tapping into that is is awesome. So I, I'm listening to you, and I'm like, okay, if this is the energy, I'm definitely there for that. Um, what about you, Mark? Um, so. I don't know if you guys can see this, um, but this is like the cover art for for Char, and it's a wraparound cover. Um, so the question of of you know how much Caribbean flavor is in it. Uh, this is uh, Nahali would have done the art, Cameron would have done the colors, and this is a view of Bridgetown uh, from the central central bank actually in Barbados. Um, and pretty much from the jump, I was telling Nahali that. Uh, feel free to to use actual real world Barbadian like locations and stuff um, throughout the story. Um, so for Char, the story is it does have an international flavor. Like I said, it, it starts in a in this fictional tiny European country. Um, because again, I was I was taking cues from anime actually. I noticed that with anime like Japanese creators will like it seems randomly pull stuff from other other cultures, other countries, and you know throw into their stories in this weird hodgepodge that somehow works. So I was thinking, all right, so was it was the furthest place I could think of, but that isn't like popular or popularly used in 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 fiction. Um, so this Eastern Caribbean country, completely fictional, again before the the start of this whole Ukraine war thing. Um, but you know, it's, it's geographically adjacent to Ukraine. Um, but that's where the story starts. But the main character, um, one of the main characters, Dr. Brigadone, even his name, Brigadone, is, is, Brigadone is a, is a, is a bit of Barbadian, uh, onomatopoeia. It's a, it's a sound. Um, if you've ever lived in like a, a, a wooden house, um, or a wooden bungalow with wooden floors, and as a child, you're running through the house and you fall. That sound, <laughs> Brigadone, <laughs> that, that is literally the, the sound or, or, or 
close enough that you sound that it makes when, when somebody running through a wooden house with a wooden floor in Barbados who falls uh, hard. That's where I that's, that's where that's where that word broken down comes from. Over here we have it. Um, we'd call it bragadang. <laughs> you know, it's like again, we've got we've got those kind of like that those similar those, those, those synergies, those, those similarities from from island to island. Yeah. Um, mm. So I want something like that. Um, those kind of elements of feature in the story. Um, a lot of the locations are the, the story is set in Barbados, aside from where it starts, and through the series, the majority of it um, is going to be in Barbados. So, um, like with the cover art, there's a giant mech who is like side deep in the Carinage in Bridgetown. Uh, the Parliament building is visible on the cover, um, and it's again kind of like very solar punk type story so you've got like technology is a bit more advanced than what we have here so in a way it's kind of weirdly aspirational as well um mm. but again it's 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 very much grounded in 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 who we are you know as, as caribbean people uh, i remember years ago watching the original independence day movie and the, the thought like, that ran through my head for the entire movie is there's there's like a, a barbados in this story right and it the Caribbean was never referenced, man. You, you never know, like, how many alien ships were over the Caribbean. Was it, like, one big one? Or, like, a bunch of, like, not-so-big ones? But for me, I, as much as I enjoyed that movie, the thought was there has to be a Caribbean in this story. What is happening in Barbados or Antigua or Trinidad while these aliens are invading? While Will Smith is, is flying around in fighter jets and what's not... What's happening in the Caribbean? You know? Um... And telling telling the types of stories that I that I enjoy, but with Caribbean ingredients, for lack of a better phrase, is something that that excites me. Um, also, uh, besides Char um, Harrison's grave, um, just a, a bit of a play on words for Harrison's cave, which is uh, tourist attractions here in Barbados. Uh, that is is very much uh, inspired by Caribbean folklore. So if that's something that you're, that you're you know, you're a flavor you're, you're kind of chosen for, that is that is definitely one. Um, Life and Death in, in Paradise, the Omnibus, um, which collects the, the five-issue uh, series. That is a crime drama, again, set in, in, in a fictional Barbados. Uh, so one of the artists on that, Matthew Clark, um, uh, one, of the, one of the guys at Beyond Publishing, he... He has a sequence in in like one of the first, one of the early books in that in that series set in a housing area, um, a government. What was what, the formal word for it, Nahali? Mm-hmm. A government housing area. Yeah, I think, I think that's it. Project area. Or a government project or a housing project area. Mm-hmm. One of those things. But if when you see it in the comic, you you can immediately say, yeah, that is like Silver Hill or or Bonnets or Britain's Hill or Deacons. Everything in in the art is 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 references almost like completely actual locations in Barbados. Um, we've got Tangled Web, uh, another uh, comic, uh, which again dives into the folklore. So for a lot of these stories, the these six titles that are being published. Uh, Patong is a very comical slice of life satirical um, perspective on growing up in Trinidad. All of these stories are very much seeped in in what it is to be Caribbean, what it is to grow up in the Caribbean, what it is to to kind of like you know 
have your your influences, but imagine what the Caribbean versions of those and in a lot of ways it's kinda of like a, a kind of like cheap fictional uh uh was it travel travel guide almost um mm. to the Caribbean all these books. No, I would like to get a little more um, information concerning the Kickstarter, but before we do that, um, I have a, a question for you. I, I don't know how hard you would think that question is, <laughs> but um, the question that I asked for you, the pretty serious question, so to speak, is that I've seen work produced within the Caribbean. And more often than not, it leaves a lot to be desired. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. And we sometimes, we, a lot of times, we get stuck between what I would like to think of kind of like a rock and a hard place, right? Because you, you want to show support, but you want to, you don't want to show support because it's just Caribbean work. You want to right. show support because it's actual good work. Now, as comic book fans, anime fans, manga fans, and so on, we see what is out there. So my question to you now is, how do you approach that competition? Because your work will be, whether or not you see it as competition, um, persons who are being introduced to your work will most definitely compare them to the works of Marvel, DC, and we may think unfairly so, but, you know, um, it is sort of fair. Because if you're going to put work out there, you know, you want it to be of a certain standard. So my question to you is, how do you, one, do you acknowledge that aspect of it? And how do you guys approach this? That's a, that's a, that's a powerful, powerful question. Um, I want to put on my, like, publisher hat for, for a couple seconds. So... I I said it to the to the creators who who are part of this initial push uh, individually. I said it to them as a group, um, and I, I have no problem saying it again. I am I'm honored and I'm proud um, for to have all all of these creators, like a total of nine creators across six books, um, to have them on board, right? Um, but the reality is, art the best art is subjective. That. That's fine art. That is cinema. That is that's comics, right? Um, Rob Liefeld has literally become a millionaire, and the guy can't draw feet. Let me let me be real here, right? He can't draw feet. There is search, and I'll, I'll say this for any listeners who aren't aware of who Rob Liefeld is: search Rob Liefeld and Captain America, and you will see this is that that. He's a he's a big name artist. I'm not I'm not here to like to like bash him or anything like that, right? But this guy is a, a well known major name artist. The same guy who created Deadpool, for reference, um, co creator of Cable, right? One but of the founders of Image Comics. One of the founders of Image Comics. Yeah, correct. You know, the guy the guy is a the guy is a, a known quantity in like globally, right? But historically, his art isn't the greatest. I mean, in the 90s, when he was putting out, putting out stuff, working for like, for like, um, for Marvel, when he didn't go over Image, I mean, as a comic book fan, at that point, I was thinking, yeah, this is, this is, this is hot stuff. Until you realize that you're going through like a hundred pages of, of art by, by Rob Liefeld, and you can't see feet. You can't. <laughs> but he had a thing going for him, and, and the artist at the time, uh, he and his, um, compatriots, 
uh, what's the name again? You had Todd McFarlane and, and Todd McFarlane, Jim Lee. Uh, right, Jim Lee. Yeah. What they brought to the table is that they brought some very striking images, pun yeah. not intended, but they brought some very striking images and and presentation of the characters and action. It was very intense, very, very dynamic. Yeah, and they their work defined the tone of the nineties. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so are you taking a, a similar approach for I, I, Caribbean I work? I mentioned him to say that again, art is art is subjective. I mm-hmm. I literally had a comment on on the All the Comics IG a while back where this guy appeared in nowhere, right? And I don't I think the, I think the, the name or the handle on the on the um, message I don't I don't think it was an actual like, real name or whatever, <clears throat> but. It was. It could be considered a, a, as an attack, where he's like, "Oh, he's checked out the the app, and you know the, the art isn't that great, and you know the stories are so so." And I'm like, "That's that's an opinion, right?" And he's like, "Oh, um, why should why should I have to pay to read this stuff, you know?" And I I took my time. I I try to take like emotion out of it, and I said, "Hey, listen, this entire entire venture." Is one? It's it's from it, it started from a place of passion. Everybody, all the creators on board, all the comics are passionate about art. They're passionate about storytelling. They're passionate about comics. So that's part of it. And it's 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 a a, a concerted effort to help these people go from here's something I'm good at and passionate about to here's something that I can buy food with. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody needs to eat, right? But the, the the truth is, again, from a from a publishing perspective, we are looking to to share stories with the world that represent who we are as a Caribbean, uh, as a Caribbean people, that are are entertaining and engaging stories, um, and that the the art there is 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 authentic. Will there be people like who who you can say, all right, this person's art is better than this person's art? Yeah, sure. But the reality is, as a comic book fan, I've read, I've bought comics that the art isn't the greatest. Did I enjoy the story? Yes. I may have found the characters, sure. Right? And as long as as long as these creators are, are coming at it with that kind of like genuine Commitment, then, then I'm I'm gonna stand probably by them, and the the other part of it is everybody, whether it's somebody like Rob Liefeld, Jim Lee, um, like one of the one of the most mind blowing <coughs> comic book artists I I've seen is is um, Alex Alex is it Alex Ross, the guy who did Kingdom Come with Mark Wade, right? yeah. He does hyper-realized... Hyper-realized, photorealistic painter, painter style. The guy blew my mind back in the day when I first, when I first read that comic. And his, his stuff is, uh, is is amazing, but all these people started somewhere, right? Um, if we, if we, if we're gonna automatically compare our people, or our stories, or comments, and say, well, this body's art isn't as good as somebody who's been doing it for 20 years, then we're never going to get anywhere. And I, I think I think that is that is one of those like culturally boiled in challenges that we have here in the Caribbean. We are 
we we don't feel we, we feel so pressured to be perfect without realizing that perfect is less of a destination than it is a journey, right? I know so, that we we yeah. often have a, a stigma associated to associated with the things that we put forth within the Caribbean, but it's I think it's also important to acknowledge the the level of quality of work that's out there. I mean, yeah. if we look at if we look at the work that Marvel is is picking up on right now, um, a lot of the artists are coming from third world, well, what they call third world countries. So, mm -hmm. um, Mexico, South America, Philippines, and so on. Yeah, I mean, you look at guys like Pepe Larraz and so on, and the sort of work that they put out on books like House of X and House of X and so on. These are fantastic, fantastic stuff, and you know they tend to be top tier. And I think that we should try to you know reach that level and, and even beyond, even within our own styles. You know. Yeah, I I, um, I agree with you. I here's the thing: we don't the Caribbean. I would argue that the Caribbean doesn't have a Caribbean style. Um, there were these like little mini comics on Instagram before COVID um, that dealt with like folklore and stuff, and I think the artist was Haitian. Um, mm. I thought I thought like this this could be like the the, the, the start of a, a Caribbean style. It was in itself distinctive, but yeah, yeah, it's still kind of like representative of of like broadly representative representative of like Caribbean fine art type stuff. Right. Um, if I'm thinking of Caribbean style, to be honest, like in terms of like art, the first thing I I usually think of is something that you probably wouldn't even know, which is um, years years and years ago, there's a newspaper here called Observer. It's still going, but Observer was founded a long time ago, and this one guy used to basically draw all their cartoons, like little you know political discourse type cartoons. Mm -hmm. And he had a particular way of drawing, like it was kind of like extremely cartoonishly big heads and small politician bodies. We we, we have something similar here. And um, to me, that was like the style of the Caribbean. But um, I'm just going to to go into a little bit of Glenn's point here and say that I saw. I've I've done my research on y'all and looked up a lot of your stuff, and I would say that. I can point to like a, both ends of the spectrum in terms of because I'm a very upfront person. If I see something and I think I don't really think the art is up to par, I will say. And I, if I don't, if I think it is, I will say. Um, I'm a little tempered now because I before I would just go, yeah, this is shit and that's it. But I will say, try to go from the positive side first. I was very impressed with the diary of the stray dogs. Yep, like the art on it is very is just as good as anything I've seen in terms of like um what are they call again um webtoons right and it's yeah. it's actually better than a lot of webtoons because and I think sometimes in the Caribbean we're very unfair because I I've read like Aries if you've ever read the Aries manual the drawing is pretty shit <laughs> like it it's been it's yeah. bad but the story was good and you read and you kind of the art kind of grew on you. It's a different style, and but you got to you know it grew on you, and you liked the story, and you completed the story, and forgot that the art was that was bad. And even even 
Hunter Hunter, which is so famous. Hunter Hunter has a ton of like extremely lazily drawn chapters for a lot of it. And Bleach and Naruto as well. Same thing. And people don't really bring attention to those kind of things too much. They like the story. It becomes a big thing. So I think we can be a little unfair towards our own. Like we expect our own to be like it's it's it sounds like a kind of black white thing sometimes too where where they tell you you need to be like you need to be ten times better than a white person to be even when we don't really need to. We just need to run our own race when it comes to, you know, developing our yeah, thing run, in the character. Running, running our own race is, is important, man. And like you said, there's a bunch of anime a bunch of manga out there where the art is basic. Um I I know people um Glenn, we're we're in, in the same like comic group. Um uh, and there's a guy in there. He's like, yeah, he he don't really read manga because like the art isn't isn't detailed enough for him, you know. Um, and the 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 reality is for for a lot of the <sighs> creating a comic is a bunch of work, like twenty two, thirty two pages, more pages. Even even if your best rate as an artist is a page a day. That is at least a month of work, right? Um, oh, you mentioned Dirty Stray Dogs. Dirty Stray Dogs is an anomaly if you want to talk about the art because the artist, the, the illustrator on that book isn't from the Caribbean. So, fun fact. Um, but, you know, it's it's still, like, created by, the, you know, the writer and the creator is from the Caribbean uh, and that kind of stuff. So, again, we, we could go off on a tangent and, like, look at what qualifies as Caribbean made or whatever. But if I is we, we we are looking for a place to start. Um I I found that you have a lot of people who can who I wanna say like are technically sound artists, but they don't have the experience of creating a comic book. So, you know, being able to put out twenty two pages, thirty two pages in a in a in a in a in a realistic time frame can often be intimidating if you've never experienced it, if you've never created a, a comic. Um, but at the same time, if you flip it and you look at like the, the Asian, Asian Pacific market, a lot of the creators in Japan and in South Korea are overworked, man. Um, but even some of the best titles on there, it, it's a, it's a, it's a large or it's a, it's not a large, it's a team of people. It isn't necessarily one person doing everything. At the very least, you might have somebody who's doing pencils, somebody who's doing um, ink, somebody who's doing colors, lettering, that kind of stuff, you know. Um, but a lot of a lot of manga is published black and white, you know? um, and it's it's and that isn't. Well, we weren't able to finish it in time, so let's just push it. Oh, it was. This is the intent. We're putting it in black and white. We're putting it out, and the the, the thing for all the comments that I I, I want us to, to kind of consciously replicate it isn't an art style it's more of a of a philosophy where with manga there's a, there's a story there there's, there's a story there for any for everybody right here in the west we're accustomed to like a lot of superhero stuff and in, in japan you can find you can find stories and varying art styles that would apply to, to different people so a one one book the art might not be to your preference, and I 
I've I've been there. Uh, I tried uh, reading uh, the Batwoman run um, uh, at DC because I thought, okay, let me see what this character is like. But the the art was was too jarring for me, and I couldn't I couldn't take it on, you know. So one thing we're looking to do is try to give something for everybody, um, and 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 go from there. I have a question for Kishon, and I guess for, for Natalie as well. Now, you guys, you guys are artists, you guys are creators. Do you have a lot of fun working on these these projects? And how much of a headache is it? Kishon? Yeah. So, the process is fun, absolutely. Um, I don't think I'd be able to get through it if it was dumb fun or entertaining to me. Um, it is absolutely also a headache. That's the string that cut me up. It is very, very difficult. Um, <clears throat> you were talking about, like, you know, if the art styles of the stuff or not, and that is something that I, that plagues me throughout my journey as an artist uh, right through. Um, there were times when sometimes people would, um, would praise me, praise my art, was, like, immediately remember some artwork that somebody else did that was better. That's yeah. probably something that will continue until the day that I die. Hopefully with a pencil in my but um yeah. Many years from now. Many, many, many years, years from now. Many years from now. <laughs> um but yeah, um it is very it is very fulfilling to do. Maybe not so much maybe that's a better word than fun. Because it is work. It is work. It is but once you draw something and you finish it and you put it out on the page there. You definitely feel something about at least finishing up getting to the next step or storyboarding out some of the next step of this user one. There's definitely um, a sense of relief and release there. And in terms of like the difficulty, it is difficult. I don't think it will ever stop being difficult because even when you get better, you're going to strive to get better than you were as well. So it, it, it's ne- it never becomes easy. It should never become easy. So I guess that would be my take on the artwork of it, if on it being <clears throat> fun and or a headache. All right. What about you, Natalie? Um, do you find a lot of joy in the process, the creation process? What as I should ask you, what part of it do you enjoy the most? Hmm. Um, I I enjoy visual storytelling on a whole. So getting the script from Mark, for example, was, it was a really fun challenge. And it's definitely a challenge because it's it's not just, oh, image comes to mind, you just slap down things on the paper and it's fine. You have to, it's a, a science as much as it is an art, where you have to really think about how you want to position your characters and frame that particular setting that you're trying to draw to make it a good experience for the for the reader and I, I find as as artists we tend to get very caught up that imposter syndrome and um perfectionist mindset i've been trying to be a bit more relaxed with myself in terms of <laughs> how critical you are because there are things as mark said out there where they they don't look the absolute best, but you kind of figure your way around what you're so your drawing isn't necessarily the best. You make sure that maybe your 
framing and your scene outlines are compelling. Your stories. Um, good example for me is Attack on Titan. Attack on Titan manga is just it is not. It's probably the worst manga I've ever seen, apart from the original <laughs> Man One comic. Really? Yeah. Have you seen like the original? So not One Punch Man the manga, but there's a webtoon version called One, which is just like scribbles. <laughs> it's really bad. But this story was interesting, and someone took it and made it more beautiful, and then an animation studio took it up. So. I, I, I go with, I'm trying to go with the, the frame of mind that it's better to have tried and like not just try willy nilly, try your best, but put something out there with the potential to try again and improve yourself and improve your work than having like said, oh, my stuff just isn't up to snuff because you're looking at the bigger, bigger people out there and in, at the end of the day, you have like nothing at all to show for it so try your best but still push to like put things up there even if you don't feel that it's the best thing you could have done that's my my thoughts on it for now awesome awesome um seeing that we're coming on to time uh so i'd like us to just get into the kickstarter um and actually I also had a question on distribution, but it, it, it all ties in. So, Mark, the, the Kickstarter is to, for what purpose, really? Is it to, um, to produce the books or to, to publish them or, or what? So, the, the Kickstarter, uh, and again, that is going live on July 25th. That's a Tuesday. Um, and we've got a whole, like, thing planned for it. Uh, so, plug follow us on instagram at all the comics but yeah aside from that uh so the the goal of the kickstarter is to get these books printed we're looking to raise one thousand us dollars um to get these these books printed uh this kickstarter is a little different from other kickstarters i've seen in that the the main um or or, or the core of the campaign isn't one book it's, it's actually six uh so all told it's something like 365 plus pages of of story um and that's like no that's no credit pages or anything like that that's like story across six books um and these books um from this kickstarter are going to be printed uh as as perfect bound um books as opposed to like irregular comic floppy format um, so that's something different as well and uh, it's it's anyone who backs the campaign. It's their first chance to get these books before they're available um, in stores, before they're available on the uh, on our online store. Uh, yeah, that's the that's the goal for it. that's the goal behind it. Um, aside from that, the there are a number of perks uh, or, or reward tiers for the campaign. Uh, so we have two early bird rewards. Uh, the only digital um, reward tier um, for this campaign uh, is 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 one of the early bird rewards where uh, you get all six books as uh, high res uh, PDFs um, for that tier. Uh, you also have another early bird tier where you get all six books in print for 
$10 less um, than the standard tier. Uh, and there we've, we've got uh, the books uh, kind of like split up but together in other tiers. So by that I mean uh, we have a, a tier that is uh, Tangled Web and Harrison's Grave. Since those are, are two books inspired by carrying folklore, you would get those mm -hmm. together um, in print. Uh, you have uh, Tangled Web and Life and Death in Paradise Omnibus. Um, you get those together. They're both uh, they both are, are in the crime uh, genre. Uh, you have a, a three a three book combo tier, which is Charging Against Humanity, uh, Patong, and Same Squad. Uh, Same Same Squad trade paperback. Uh, those are all. Um, either comic, comedic or sci-fi there. Uh, we have the main tier, which is all six books in print. Uh, we have a tier for retailers as well, where you would actually get uh, all six books, but you get ten copies of each book um, as a retailer for that tier. And then we also have a, a Caribbean a National Caribbean Libraries patron tier. So if you are a supporter of your of your library in uh, either um, of, of any of the foreign countries, Barbados, Trinidad and Tobago, Jamaica, and Guyana, uh, and you want to like give back to your community and like have these books donated on your behalf to uh, a library your choice, a, a library in one of these countries, then you can do that. Uh, yeah, and that's that's the campaign in, in a nutshell. Great. Sounds like some fantastic stuff, man. I, I like to hear what you guys are doing. Uh, I, one last question. I, I can't help myself. Um, and I think it's a, an, a, another important question as well. And it has to do with marketing. More often than not, we don't even know that Caribbean, you know, comics exist, that it's actually a thing. Right, we stumble across it by accident or or whatnot. What are, how are you guys tackling this to bring awareness to your to your work? Well, of course you're in, doing an interview with Beatside Nerds, but aside from that, you know, how do you guys um, plan to meet that challenge? So, um, uh, a core element of it is to use uh, social media. Uh, the algorithm keeps changing, uh, but things like uh, social media ads, uh, so Facebook ads, Instagram ads, uh, Google Google ads, are uh, affordable, um, and they have the advantage of, of being targetable as well. Um, because honestly, we are looking to reach persons across the Caribbean region itself, across the Caribbean diaspora. Um, and at least to start, um, Caribbean com uh, comic book fans are people who are interested in, in, in Caribbean culture in places like the U.S. and Canada. At least to start, so we've got a we've got a lot of, of 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 places and people to reach. So it's not as simple as hey, let's run an ad in like you know the daily newspaper in Barbados or whatever. Um, I think their 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 circulation for the for the leading newspaper here in Barbados is probably a hundred thousand people, you know. Um, so that's part of it. Part of it will be going to, to, to conventions. Um, we have one here in Barbados, AnimeCon. That's going to be in September. Uh, so we're going to be there at AnimeCon. Um, we miss um, a convention in, in Trinidad. 
Uh, the same convention would have met uh, Kestron, Ashley, uh, Alias, and Damon. Uh, we won't be there this year, but we we're looking forward to being there um, next year. Everything will be equal. Uh, but a big an, an, another part of it is kind of like going back to to how I started in the comics for sure, which was literally you know like word of mouth, um, literally having somebody who was like somebody reading a comic like at school or maybe on the bus or somewhere and asking that person hey what it, what are you reading you know uh, and as like hyperconnected as we all are in today's world there's still power in somebody saying hey I I read this I thought it was cool maybe you might like it you know and, and doing so in a way that's that's like organic and and connects people um, because I think everybody who was a comic book fan would have made friends because of comic books. So that, that's part of what we're looking to do as well in terms of, of, of marketing. But hear this thing now. Since forever and a day, right, being part of a, a, a geek community, I always hear somebody saying, hey, I want to do a comic book. I want to do a comic book. Let's link up. Let's do a comic book. I'm sure that some of our listeners have that same idea. So, what if somebody wants to produce a comic book? Maybe they're an artist or they're a writer. How can they get in touch with you? Okay, so um, for sure, um, feel free to reach out um, via Instagram. Instagram is like the main home, um, social media home for all the comics. Um, please, please, like, introduce Wait, yourself. Wait, you're not on Thread? <laughs> no. <Nah. laughs> Apparently, thread is going to be grown, man. As of like this week, like, user shit, um, like the, the time spent on threads is, is in the grown. So I don't know, man. Threads is still pretty new. That's like what a week old. So I don't know. Maybe I don't know. But yeah, Instagram is is where we're at. Also on Facebook. Um, and it's not, Facebook is known for old people. So you know, um, <laughs> but those those are two two spots there. Uh, we're also on YouTube. Uh, actually, uh, Natalie, myself, Cameron, we've done a work in progress uh, live stream uh, starting in January up until end of May or start of May. I, I forget which one. Um, eight or nine episodes, and we're all talking about you know creating creating char. What is it like creating char and, and doing that kind of like real time? Uh, so you know. You could check us out on, on YouTube as well. Again, all of it at All In Comics. A, A-L-L-U-H-W-I uh, Comics. C-O-M-I-C-S. Um, you can also, if you if you are a creator and you're, you're, you, you're serious about getting your comics out there, um, those are all good places to start for sure. Uh, and uh, somebody usually has an eye out um, for one of those. And is pretty good with feedback, um, but again, we're we're kind of small team us here at All We Comics. Right. Hey, um, Mark, it's been super great having you guys on, and I'm so happy that I get to meet you guys because as I'm here, I'm thinking, hey, look, I think it would be a good opportunity to pick you guys' brains as professionals. Hopefully, at another time, if we can organize to have another meetup like this and get into some in-depth stuff in terms of comic book creation and the industry with the Caribbean and so on. So all the, all the techie things for another day. But we can't 
let you guys leave without answering two of the most important questions. All right. Number one, that goes for all of you. You're in a dire situation. Somebody, one of your heroes has to save you. Who is coming to save you? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it could be, it could be any, any, anyone. Um, movies, anime, manga, comics, it doesn't matter. Who's saving you? I gotta pick one hero, right? Or one person, right? One hero. One hero. Whoa. Um or villain. <laughs> or a villain. Whoa, you just opened up with all okay, I don't think you want that. I don't think you want that. For me, I, I I think I would go Superman. Uh what I like about the character of Superman is he like my favorite versions of a character are usually when he's being very aspirational. Um, you know, inspiring people to be their best. And also the one who will who will literally you know bend I don't know time itself to like save people. So I think I think that'd be a pretty good bet for me. Okay, cool, cool. Natalie, who you got? I will have to go with the man that always has a plan. Mister Batman is coming to save me. The guy that has the contingency plan for contingency plans. So I, I think he would be able to think his way around whatever pickle I'm in. I, I think that's a good bet. <laughs> that's a good choice. That's a good choice. Kershaw, how about you? It's a difficult question. Mm. Well, for me, I, I'd, I'd probably go with um, Storm from the X-Men. She was always one of my favorites, and she's absurdly powerful. Yeah, just, she looked good, too. Just, that's <laughs> Can't forget that. And um, I always remember from the um, cartoon series how dramatic everything she used to say was. Like, I would meet you at the monorail. I would love to be rescued while she says something ridiculous and dramatic. And then she gusts me away to wherever it is we need to go. We need to be safe. So I think that would be fun. Nice, nice. Remy, <coughs> who you got? Who's saving you? Um, Who is saving me? <laughs> We're doing comic books. Sorry. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, well, I'll go with Guts from Berserk. Guts? <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. That man went through hell to save Casca. So, I know you wouldn't give up. Alright, alright, alright. Well, I myself, I got Silver Surfer all day, every day. Respect. <laughs> and, um... One of Well, one of our traditions is every episode we try to give a recommendation. So it was actually a question and a recommendation. Uh, so if you have something that you would recommend our audience check out, whether it's something to watch or something to read, regardless, um, please, what you got. Yeah. I know it's on the spot. That's the point. <laughs> Actually, uh, two recommendations. Uh, for me. So, Idris Alba, he's got this Apple TV series um, called Hijack. I think it's only like four or five episodes in. That, that's been really good. Um, and I like I like to see Idris Alba in like a starring role. I'm a big fan of his of his BBC show, Rooster. Um, I thought that was brilliant. Uh, but second recommendation would be the uh, Justified Revival. Uh, Justified City Primeval um, with Timothy Oliphant. Uh yeah, those two. If you, yeah, yeah, that those are my two recommendations for sure. Okay, I've heard of Hijack, but not the other one. Yeah, Justified. Justified is they did a whole like four or five season run initially, 
and they okay. did their they they started revival um like from this week. So yeah, I've heard of them. My my recommendation comes easy because I've been telling all my friends to watch this a TV show called Evil. Um, the premise sounds like a joke. Uh, a priest, a scientist, and a psychologist walk into a bar, kind of. Um, it's this ragtag team that have been hired by the Catholic Church to investigate different phenomena that have been going on. And they're trying to see if it's uh, science-based, maybe chemical something messing with people, if it's a mental issue, or if it's something spiritual. And I think it's in like three seasons now. Um, if you watched uh, the, the TV series Luke Cage, Mike Coulter, so Luke Cage is um, the priest in it, which I, I thought was funny. But it's so good. It's like really suspenseful and well done. I'm just, I'm just waiting for season four now. So that's my It's called Evil? Yeah, it's called Evil. It's funny, but I watched that show. <laughs> nice! You like it? Yeah, I love that show actually. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say it's the same guy from Luke Cage as well, and he's he's in yeah, something yeah. else Absolutely. as well. He's, I think he's <laughs> I think he's the angel on Lucifer too. He might be, or is that another guy? Two guys that look alike. There's, there's two guys that look kind of alike, but yeah, it's the goatee. Yeah, I, think <laughs> I, yeah, I definitely think I'm mistaken, <laughs> but yeah, it's a re- it's really good right. show. Then I. Completely slipped my mind because I watched it when I was in the states because it's on like Paramount Plus. Mm-hmm. Well, I've made a made a note of it, so I'm, I'm definitely watching that. That sounds right up my alley. What about you, Christian? What you got? I don't really have anything particularly um chill to recommend, so I'll just fall back on one of my favorite um sci-fi stories. Um, I would recommend that people play uh, a video game trilogy or portal and how you call the canon. Video game show you call Mass Effect. Um, ah, okay. Yes. So basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. the game allows you to play as a human or um, soldier in the future and uh, fight him. But it's the gameplay is okay and whatnot throughout most of the series. But what has been almost consistently was the storyline and the ability to make choices and see those choices be affected. So some people didn't like the third game. I personally thought it was pretty good. And there's also a fourth game that was kind of critically panned, but again, I personally love that game in certain ways as well, and this was going to soon. Hopefully that will help fix the fact. So, that's my... I think I think people were were kind of hard on the last game, but I yeah. can't really blame them given the quality of the story of the original trilogy. Yes, Coming the, from that level of quality, I can understand why they were hard on it, but it's not a bad game. No. I think my prop. I think the issues that people are you just came off the high of of our mass effect, and this is a new. It's the beginning of a new story. I don't know what plan, but this was clearly the beginning of a new story, and it's clear that they were putting things in place. But I guess people's expectations were too high. So some other people, um, a lot of people made the comments probably been a lot better received if it wasn't called Mass Effect Andromeda. If it was just called Andromeda. And mm-hmm. the story was the same, except that we removed all references to it. It would have probably blocked. And I think that's true as well. But again, you I think so? I think people will nitpick now, then they would call it a Mass Effect clone and, and, and stuff true. like that's, that. That is true as well. So that's, that's, <laughs> you, you can't please people. You can't please them at all. Alright, well, it's a, it's a good series. And yeah, I would definitely 
back your suggestion. Two thumbs up on that one. Yeah, so, um, Remy, are we, are we forgetting anything? Is there anything else you could add? Um, do we need to give recommendations or are we good? <laughs> uh, if you want to give a recommendation, you're, you're free to. I'll save mine for the next. Um, I, <laughs> right. I, we just give a vote of thanks. Um, this was very, um, it was a good session, enlightening. Glad we got to put a spotlight on some range in the Caribbean outside of our own countries because one of the most important things that we should be as Caribbean people is regional integration instead of constant island wars, especially on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad we got to meet you guys and talk to you about your different projects and I hope um, well, I hope we can you know, buy some of your comics and get them here and be able to like, you know, enjoy recommend to other people in and wherever else to purchase those things as well. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Thanks, and I, I definitely, I definitely second what <clears throat> Remy said. Um, too often we get bogged down with a lot of political nonsense and individualism throughout the Caribbean when we should actually be working together. And I'm really glad that you guys decided to come on our show, that you chose our show to help promote your work. And I think it's really good what you guys are doing. I hope to see more of your guys' stuff, you know, in the future and get to meet more of your your partners, artists, writers, and so on. And who knows what happens in the future? You know, maybe we might be able to collab in other ways as well. So I wish you guys the best of luck with your Kickstarter. I hope it's a, it's a booming success. And um, we can link up again in the future. Thank you. Thanks, thanks, Beat Sadeners, for having us.